Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Interchain Arbitrage with White Whale, hosted by the Crypto Illuminati. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome on to today's episode of the Crypto Illuminati Roundtable. Um, welcome, White Whale. Thank you for coming on. I'm very excited to have you on today and cover interchain arbitrage sounds very cool very excited to kind of go deep down to that but also kind of learn more about you too um so yeah welcome on hey everybody yeah uh thanks for having me um actually our cto should be joining us all um his handle is zencom at zencom um he should be joining any second you might want to invite him up as well Sounds good. Uh, when he joins, he can request. Um, I'll keep an eye out for him also, but he can also request. Okay, looks like he's here. Welcome on. Uh, he's connecting. Yeah, he, he sometimes has trouble with his internet. We, we hope it's it's working right now. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's really funny that, you know, like we work in such like a deep tech space, but internet is still an issue that we deal with every day. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah, I think with internet issues, you're talking about me. So for yeah. context, so I'm from Germany, and I don't even have phone signal where I live right now. So, oh wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, welcome on. Thank you for making it on to our Twitter Spaces. Um, to start, uh, if anyone has any questions throughout the call, you can feel free to hop up to uh, speak, or you can even comment any questions that you might have. Um, and the tweet for this Twitter spaces uh, in the module here. Uh, but yeah, again, very excited to have our guest on today. Um, we're going to be covering a pretty complicated topic. I guess the, the, the title sounds kind of complicated, but the actual process is not that complicated once it's explained. Um, so yeah, I think um, let's start off by having everyone introduce themselves and then uh, we can talk about uh, uh, White Whale. Sure, I'll I'll go ahead at uh, this one. Um, I'm a Ponzi Ninja, um, business development at White Whale, and um, we have with us today Sencom. He's our uh, CTO, as I mentioned before. Um, yeah, uh, I joined fairly recently White Whale uh, August last year, so um, a new member to the team. Uh, Sencom has a bit more experience working in crypto, and uh, yeah. Uh, I would say let's let's dive right into nice. it. So, what brought you guys into crypto? What was that? What was that thing that was like? You know, what? I want to check this out. That's a very easy question. Um, as bad as it sounds, money. <laughs> I was investing in stocks. 
I, you know, browsed, you know, the internet. Honestly, on, that's on, most on, people. On crypto <laughs> and, you know, yeah. came in for the money and stuck for the tech and the people. Same here. Well, that's... Yeah, so I have actually a funny background story <laughs> on that. <laughs> so uh, I first heard about um, Bitcoin in 2012, actually. Wow. Uh, when my, um, yeah, my, my brother back then bought it. And uh, yeah, but he spent it on Silk Road, everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I think his entry price was like an average of like $100 or something. Cool. So. Yeah, he he got in super cheap, but then like he didn't even held it for a week, and uh, then in I haven't heard it uh, then for four years or something, and then in 2017 mm -hmm. when it broke its all-time high, he said he came to me and said, "Oh shit, I would have been rich right now." <laughs> <laughs> in the same and in the same year, it went to 20K and every time it would appreciate uh, like 1K or something, he would come to me and like, oh, damn, Nico, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> we've all gotten burned like that. I, I, I definitely wish that like I was a little bit older when I got into crypto. So I got into it back in college. So it's like I did make some money from trading, but you know, back in college, you're definitely going to spend most of it. Uh, so it's like, even though I was um, in cryptos, like I started trading back in 2015, like, you know, I uh, spent a big chunk of it at the earlier points uh, when I was back in college and I really wish I kept it. But at least you bought some, you know, when I was, I mean, I was, uh, at this point in 2012, I was 18 mm -hmm. and I didn't pay any attention to to what my brother was doing actually yeah. so he said he bought it with bitcoin but then yeah. i thought yeah this is just i don't know there is some <laughs> so like, like the usual i don't know some criminal criminal money or whatever or just a scheme to uh obfuscate the transaction or something so i didn't pay any attention and in 2017 <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i wished i would have paid more attention actually wow yeah Nice. So I have Web4 Sasha up here. Uh, do you have a question? Um, many questions, but it was just funny to to come in and just hear like Silk Road and uh, this thing because I I used that like 2013 or 14, mm -hmm. and I think I was a teenager. Okay, and I I, I think I smoked like uh, 10 bitcoins into fucking smoke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Insanity. Yeah, it's 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 crazy what people have spent bitcoins, um, spent their crypto on at, in the earlier stages, and it's really interesting to see how the space has developed. You know, like, like now we have narratives like interchain arbitrage appearing. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely uh, ready to kind of hop into it. Uh, first, I think maybe we can start with like the different types of chains, um, start educating people about that, and then. Uh, I mean, people should at least know some of the basics, but we can go a little bit deeper and then we'll kind of tie okay. it back into White Whale afterwards. Uh, I would have one question regarding oracles and uh, interchain. Like, what is this, the best solution or what is the solution that White Whale or other people uh, would use for price feeds, reliable price feeds from IBC, like on-chain? Oh, I, I can tell you right now, Sancom has an opinion on that one. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Sancom. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Sasha, it really depends on what you're trying to do with the data. If you're trying to do, for example, arbitrage or trading, um, you just query the blockchain directly because that's the fastest way. You oh, yeah. go a step ahead and look into the mempool, you know, which you go to mempool transaction. Exactly. Yeah. If you're trying to build a smart contract, for example, for a lending platform, then you need oracles. So it really depends on the use case. We don't have a lending platform. We're not building a lending platform, so we're not really touching oracles. Um, with, con or with respect to the trading, we look into the actual nodes and into the mempool and go from there. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about like, how can we do it like on chain, but fast. So having like automated, uh, I think I saw some Terra contracts, like I, I was watching the transactions uh, in the beginning of Terra too, and there were on chain arbitrage bots flying around and making hella profit from, I don't know what exactly it was, B Luna or something. And it was like scheduled. I don't know. Yeah, I think we could go a little bit deeper in, um, into that at the later part of the call um, when we get into the more sure. advanced stuff because I feel like there's a lot of conversation that we can definitely have around that. That's a great question. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so let's start by kind of defining, um, I guess, the types of chains. Um, so um, monolithic versus app chains and the difference between those. Um, but also like the use cases and like, you know, what's the point of those two types? Sure, happy to. So a couple of years ago, if, when Ethereum came along, you know, the, the vision of Ethereum was to build the wor world computer, the world settlement layer where every transaction is somehow verified on the Ethereum blockchain. And that, um, that idea hold until I think two, 2017, when people started to realize, hey, this doesn't scale. It doesn't meet our demand. So maybe it's a good idea, instead of just having one computer that everybody in the world uses, to have multiple computers that can interact with each other. Like everybody here in the space probably has, a, has his own phone and is not sharing his phone with his whole neighborhood. But we can communi we're communicating here via the internet. And really, it's, it's the same, same concept, same ideas, just in blockchain. So instead of having one giant supercomputer, everybody the has mesh. small little computers. Exactly. And, and they communicate with each other. And there are multiple, multiple um, you know, interoperability protocols. So if you compa really compare it with the internet right now, we're roughly in the stage of 90. 95, so mid 90s. And we haven't even found out who's going to be the winner. What's the internet going to look like? Will it be IBC? Will it be, will it be something else? We haven't even, you know, gone so far to know this. Right. And regarding your question, monolithic blockchain and app chain, the really monolithic blockchain is the idea of having one large super blockchain that rules everything or, you know, a large chunk of everything. And the app chain vision is, hey, let's build an application and put it on a blockchain and let this blockchain communicate with other blockchains. It's more flexible from updates. 
Yeah, there, there are a bunch of um, reasons why you want, why you not want to have just one blockchain in the world. But at the same time, there are problems arising with um, having smaller blockchains like security. There's costs involved, so not everybody can, you know, afford his own blockchain. So there, are, you know, pros and cons when you when you're an entrepreneur and you decide you need to decide: Do I build an app on a smart contract platform like Ethereum, or do I build my own chain? So there's pros and cons. Okay. So what would be your like favorite chains at the moment? Like top two. Well, obviously Ethereum. So that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Ethereum is uh, the first, you know, um, freely programmable smart contract contract platform. It's running reliable, and it's the second largest chain in the world. So that's a no-brainer. Um, the second question is also a no-brainer for me because, um, so White Whale and Ponzi Ninja and myself, we come from the Cosmos ecosystem. So there's mm-hmm. really not one blocked or a second favorite blockchain that you know everybody has in the ecosystem it's more like this vision of having app chains that communicate with, with each other so i'd say my favorite one is ethereum and then it's, it's not a blockchain but it's it's a communication it's an idea of having communicating blockchains with each other okay so maybe you can kind of go into the difference between ibc and cosmos like i guess the ibc is like the communication right like it's the idea of the network is that what you're describing exactly so back in 2017 when you know people run and you know ethereum was really clocked um a couple of smart kids got together and they said hey let's build a framework where you can easily build your own blockchain like a do-it-yourself kit and they called this the cosmos sdk and the cosmos sdk it's a plug and play you know type of thing where you can plug in different modules like you want staking you want governance you want sending of tokens and you can just build your own blockchain type of thing so it's not that easy but in in essence that's what it's like and that's the cosmos sdk and you use the cosmos sdk to build blockchains and then these blockchains they're fully sovereign individual blockchains with their own validator set with their own rules and these blockchains can then communicate with each other via an interoperability protocol called IBC. So you could, for example, be on, on the Cosmos Hub. That's the largest chain probably most of you guys know. And you could send a transaction to the second largest um, blockchain in the Cosmos ecosystem, which would be Osmosis. Mm. And, and you don't need any, any bridges. It's IBC that um, you know, connects these chains. It's not only Cosmos uh, like specific. You you just need uh, simply said like a state machine uh, consensus thing. It's like some technical terms, but um, there is also like completely other uh, blockchains or technologies that can and do implement ibc and uh do some stuff there and uh my i would have um i think your connection um cut out yes yeah, happy to jump in for him so yeah. um he correctly pointed out that 
this IVC protocol. Right now, it's only used between Cosmos chains, but there is active work being done to connect the Polkadot, the Near, the Avalanche, and the Harmony and Ethereum blockchain or blockchain ecosystems with fun. IBC. And, and once that's done, you could trustlessly send your DOT tokens to whatever uh, on Avalanche without ever touching these bridges with yeah. these multi okay. you know, nasty stuff. So where does the arbitrage opportunity appear there? So I guess that removes the arbitrage opportunity once that's possible, right? Like once you're able to then send the coins between the chains without having to use a bridge, then mm -hmm. there's no arbitrage opportunity. I think there will oh, not be wrapped coins. Um, so maybe I see we have a lot of guests here. So I assume the probability is high that some of you guys don't know what arbitrage is. So let me start there. So imagine you have two cities and in each city you can buy cows with gold. And in one city you can buy a cow for 50 gold and in the other city you can buy it for 60. So you know, a smart, smart guy can go to the one city, buy the cow low, go to the other city and sell the cow high. At the end, he got some profit. And that's really the idea of arbitrage. You have markets a little bit more abstract now you have markets different markets that are separated from each other and there's a price difference so you can buy something cheap on one market and you could sell it higher on the other market and you know like in the distant pa past where people you know traded cows now we trade tokens so you have for example uniswap decks on ethereum and then you have pancake swap on binance chain just for an example, two markets, and they have some overlap in the tokens they trade. And arbitrage really is buy low, sell high as soon as possible. That's the idea of arbitrage. It is, let's call it a solved problem in the scope of a single blockchain. So when you have a single blockchain like Ethereum, and there are two DEXs, um, balancing them out, you know, Uniswap against the other decks. That's easy. That's fast. That, that happens in a single block. And that's also part of the reason why, you know, the gas costs were so high, you know, a couple of years ago. Front runners. This is, yeah, exactly. Now, front running is a little bit different. That's, you know, extracting. Arbitrage is, is back running. It's a slight difference mm -hmm. there. But really, the idea is arbitrage is balancing out market inefficiencies if something's cheap somewhere and expensive somewhere else you buy low sell high that's arbitrage and as i said arbitrage in a synchronous environment that means on a blockchain is easy it becomes tricky once you do it between chains that's why it's called interchain arbitrage and that's a whole different kind of problem because if you're just on one chain, you can do this buy or buying low and selling high within the same transaction. So ah, calculations, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and the reason or the the nice thing about this is when you can buy and sell in the same transaction, there is almost no risk involved. 
because either both work or both don't. So there's never never the situation where you're left holding your cows midway because someone was faster than you. Um, so so that's a really nice thing, and it's you know more technical. So local arbitrage on a single chain or in a synchronous environment is risk minimal. There's really almost no risk risk besides someone else is faster and your transaction fails and you burn some fees. That's all the risk there is. Now, interchain arbitrage is trying to balance out markets and prices between chains. So for example, PancakeSwap and Uniswap. And here you could come into a situation where you buy low on Uniswap, send it over to, to, to Binance Smart Chain, and while you're sending this and bridging it over, someone else takes the opportunity and balances out the prices. And then you're left holding some coins from Uniswap. I hope I was able to explain this or break this down a little bit. Feel free to ask questions. Mm. And then there's the IBC acknowledgement and uh, these things that sometimes IBC transactions, for example, they take uh, quite some time, right? And that, uh, in, in that time frame, it, the prices can change. So that would be a little bit uh, harder to to calculate. Like uh, if it's like on chain, let's say, uh, like you said, let's say on Terra, then uh, you, you literally can calculate inside the smart contract and say, okay, this trade, should I execute it or not? Like the smart contract can calculate, is this, is this profitable? If it's not, I'm not going to do the trade. But with interchain, that's getting... Uh, if you have some solutions there, <laughs> let me know. Definitely. And we have Tendermint Timmy. Tendermint Timmy up here. Sorry, I was multitasking. Um, do you have a question? Uh, you're on mute, by the way. Hey, Timmy. Ask hey, me questions. Timmy. Or you can send it as a comment. Interchain also. info. <laughs> so maybe you have questions to him. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, we could keep going. Uh, feel free to to hop in at any time if your mic starts working. Um, so yeah, I, I guess this is a good transition into kind of talking about White Whale and what White Whale does, right? Like in a lot of detail, like so how did the project get started, uh, the team, and then just like, you know, the purpose and um, your um, USP. Sure. So the White Whale team, you we started, I think, two years ago, back on what's now called Terra Classic. And back in the days, we were a, a application with around 40 or 50 million in, in TVL. And the goal was to, ironically, defend the pack. Now, that didn't work out. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it was you know, 40, 50 million of capital trying to defend 25 billion. So everybody knows how that went. Um, it, it was yeah, working. And then, yeah, to, on, to a on the extent. test net, like I yeah. saw tests, they were like literally stabilizing the, the price extremely, but uh, the rest of test politics, I have no idea what happened. Yeah, and then in May, I think it was May when Terra collapsed, um, obviously, our business model, our product wasn't viable anymore. So a lot of Terra projects, um, they, they, did, they did the wrong thing. They left with whatever money they had left and or 
and then just disappeared. But we decided to you know, keep on building in this space so nobody from the team left. So we all stick together and you know, use the, the moment of silence to think, all right, what are the technolog technological trends happening right now? What problems will arise as we move towards them? And how can we solve them? And that's where we saw, um, you know, really in front of us, this vision of multiple blockchains, not just one blockchain, but you have Ethereum, you have Avalanche system with their subnets, or you know, now they call them app chains. You have the Polkadot, you have the Cosmos, and so on. So you really have a lot of different chains and ecosystems. And one problem that you know, arises with this is that on a lot of these chains, you have money markets. It could be a DEX, it could be a lending market, it could be whatever. But as you get more chains, the liquidity starts to spread really thin because now liquidity is not just living on Ethereum, it's living on 100 or 1,000 or 100,000 chains. And that's a problem. I mean, how are you going, how are you going, going to you know, buy something big as a whale or institution? when you have to you know, look, scrap together your coins from 30 different chains. That's not really working. So we, we saw that you know, this is a problem. So as the, the blockchain ecosystem in general grows, there will be increasingly market inefficiencies from fractured liquidity. Another you know, market inefficiency that arises with this is um, just because someone does a big swap or you know, big buy, of ETH on, on Uniswap doesn't mean that the price of ETH is changing on you know, Avalanche. So that's where interchain arbitrage comes into play. But really, so as the whole thing grows, there's inefficiencies. And we thought it would be cool to minimize this. So for the users, so for the retail end users who interact with this, for example, who want to swap something, for the LPs, who don't want to manage liquidity positions on 50 different chains, but just want one interface to you know, get liquidity, put liquidity in, and in the back end, it's everywhere. So really, we're trying to abstract away the complexities of this multi-chain future that we're envisioning. And that's what we build our protocol around. And I think you can best envision it as some kind of aqueduct system between cities. So where every city is a blockchain and water needs to flow between them or liquidity needs to be where you know, there's the most demand. And that right now that's, this is very inefficient and we're trying to make it more efficient so that liquidity can flow wherever it's needed. Does that make sense? Nice. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so yeah, um, in terms of like uh, your um launching process uh so like uh when do you plan to go live like what are like some of the plans in terms of roadmap yeah great question so um we are live so um we are live so we have just recently launched our own blockchain it's called migaloo it's a permissionless smart contract platform so everybody can build there and we also accompanying that a flagship application that we built the white whale application or white whale protocol. And the white whale protocol, it consists of 
really two components. On the one hand, we have what we call satellite markets. And these satellite markets, they live on different chains. So we have DEXs, not just on one chain, but on five chains. So similar to how I think SushiSwap is doing this in the Ethereum world. We're doing this for the, for the Cosmos ecosystem. So we have multiple DEXs on multiple chains. And what we're building now is a connection between them so that the user, the end user, when he you know, enters a liquidity position, so he apes into a pool, he does it and it feels naturally. He just puts in his tokens, confirm, bam, ready. But in the back end, the tokens won't be just on one chain. They will be distributed between the chains based on where they need it most. And there's most yield for him. And then rebalanced. So really, this is where this aqueduct system comes into play, where the liquidity flows to whichever um, blockchain um, needs it most. And just coming back to your question, so we have a live permissionless smart contract chain. We have five satellite markets with, with a fully functioning DEX and flash loan vaults. And um, yeah, we're working on connecting these together. Nice. Um, I brought up Ray because he had a question. Um, you're free to ask your question now, um, but you're on mute at, at the moment. Hey, Ray, are you able to hear me? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm able to hear you. So, okay, I, I, I was just uh, going through the spaces and then uh, I hopped in and I realized it's Interchain and Whitewell and... Uh, Okay, I'm still following to know what, what I should ask. I feel like I, I should ask something, but I don't know. Like, if you keep on talking, I'll know what to ask in relation to your project and all that. Yeah. yeah I'm just here totally to learn. Fine. That's what I have to do. Yeah. Totally fine. Um, yes, I see someone commented a question. Um, Sasha, I actually brought you up. So maybe you can actually ask, ask a question. Sorry. Um, there was like a disconnect. But I, I oh yeah, I was saying that I saw your question. Um, you could feel free to also ask it here. Yeah, I was asking a question if uh, your chain has ICA interchain account host and controller active on your chain. That's a very specific question. I'd say let's keep this for another yep. time. I think we have mostly non-Cosmos audience here. Easy. I will check that with gRPC. Uh, I mean, we're always willing to learn. Maybe we could kind of learn more about what ICA host is. The controller. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, um, how do you explain this best? So, we have these different blockchains, sovereign individual blockchains like Ethereum, like Bitcoin, you know. Now, just port that to the Cosmos ecosystem where you have the Cosmos Hub, where you have Osmosis, where you have Terra. And these individual blockchains communicate with each other. And what interchain account, it, it's a piece of the technology of this IBC technology, it allows you to control um, accounts on different chains. So you could, for example, let me give you an example here. You could send your tokens from, from the Cosmos Hub to Terra, do some swaps there, put it in a yield aggregator, and get it back to your chain. This is something that you can do with interchain accounts. You can manage mm -hmm. accounts on different chains like you would 
on your own. And that's something where you can really build truly cross-chain applications. Nice. And it's just a very technical piece of the puzzle. Probably most people won't know, never come into contact with this, but yeah. you will um, you will get the applications. You will use the applications that use this in the, in the background. For example, yeah, an interchain yield aggregator that moves, you just put in funds in one place and it moves your tokens sometimes to this blockchain, sometimes to that blockchain, and it just does whatever and it works for you. Exactly. That's how the user will see it. And in the back end, it will use something like interchain accounts. Yeah. Well, let's say you have, Got it. Uh, if I can say, like you have a chain like Juno, where you have a, um, a treasury, a DAO treasury, and then I guess it would be possible to use yields from A or like royalty fees from some NFT chain flowing then into the treasury on a Juno chain, right? Maybe? Yeah, exactly. So you can do all kinds of things. So really the goal of this, yeah, I'm building this right whole now. thing is that, that you have, um, even though there are different blockchains, it just feels naturally. I mean, everybody is using Twitter on his phone right now. Do you know what servers Twitter uses? No, you don't care because it just works. It doesn't matter if it just communicates with one server or with 10, you don't care. It's just a functioning application. And that's exactly what we're building. You know, what these core developers are building, that they're building the infrastructure, the communication protocols, so that you can have truly cross-chain or you know, in the traditional sense, multi-server applications that just work. We fry our brains for your convenience. <laughs> yes, I am trying to process it. Thankfully, we do have call notes that come out after this call and the recording that's posted. So if you subscribe to our newsletter, the link is in the bio, uh, you can look out for those and you can reread it, which will definitely be what I'll be um, waiting for, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for explaining that. That's definitely a really good, a good explanation of the concept overall. Um, so in general, um, so how has your community grown? Um, I know we kind of spent a lot of time talking about tech of white whale, but um, the community side of crypto projects is also like a huge thing. So I would love to hear more about your community like who are they what do you guys do with them like how does it look great question so our original community comes from terra classic so unfortunately um, due to the collapse you know a lot of people have left and we've been you know building in the shadows now for almost a year so that's a very unfortunate situation for everybody involved but um we we just did our airdrops um, to get everybody who had or who bought whale back in the days um, we gave everybody his whale back with a new token now of our own blockchain um, so there was a very nice reception there so it seems like still after all these days um, a lot of the old whale community is still still there and we're trying to you know take it from here and build this thing together again another thing i'd like to mention is that White Whale, since we have this interchain protocol, you know, this application that that doesn't just live on, on one chain, but lives on, a, on different chains, on five right now. And we're in quite a unique 
position right now and it's a very favorable position where we are not dependent on a single ecosystem or a single blockchain ecosystem to to be successful to get community really so back in the days and whitewell is you know whitewell on terra classic is the best example we had a protocol that was really tailored to just one blockchain and that blockchain went bust and we were left yeah. with nothing wow so just from a risk management perspective you don't want to put all the eggs in one basket similarly you don't want to have everything evolve evolve around just one blockchain because if just something's happening there you know it doesn't have to be a full-blown collapse like terra but maybe just the core devs you know suck maybe it's something else maybe you know the tech is outgrown you're left with nothing and your protocol sucks so us having an interchain protocol really allows us to scale horizontally and capture movements of whole ecosystems. So as I said, right now we're live on five chains and we're expanding this quite aggressively. And for every new chain we launch on, there's new community influx and exchange. You know, old members find new new communities and ecosystems and those new ecosystems find us so there's some exchange and it allows us to yeah really scale horizontally if that makes sense yeah that does make a lot of sense and yeah i mean that is one thing that i feel like the crypto space has definitely taught me in the past year is like expect the unexpected like really expected like never think that anything is too big to fail so i you know the point that you brought up about when you're building you know, considering like uh, the risk of, you know, being too attached to a single chain or ecosystem and what that might have on your project is a big consideration to have. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, the horizontal expansion is huge and very important for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like what is uh, what are some of your plans for 2023 for White Whale, but also like where do you see the interchain space going for the rest of the year? So let's start with White Whale. That's the smaller piece of the puzzle. So we yeah. just launched our permissionless smart contract chain. So obviously, um, we will put a lot of effort into attracting uh, exciting applications, um, developers who build cool stuff on our chain. Um, at the same time, we're also trying to you know collaborate and expand the utility of the White Whale protocol. So this interchain protocol with the satellite markets on different chains. So that's something where we put in a lot of effort. And really the, the overreaching goal of this year for us is, you know, next to those two things I just mentioned, is to connect the liquidity of the different satellite markets. And if by the end of the year, there is a button that's called deposit and you just put in some tokens and it just feels like one chain and in the back end, the liquidity is actually on a dozen different chains and just does a thing. That's the goal. That's the overreaching goal of what, what we're trying to build here. And it will be finished at, when it's when it's finished. This is really um, cutting edge technology. So it doesn't have it happens more than more than once in a while that we try something out and reach out to the core developers who are, who are building this and they said, Oh, well, we didn't know this, nobody used it before no it's so new so <laughs> yeah R wow. D. if you're really yeah 
Yeah, well, and, and really, if you're so close to the, the edge of technology, it just, sometimes it's, it's slower than one would like to have it. And um, to your second question, the ecosystem, well, uh, I think macro will have a big influence on how this year is going to look like. Um, fingers crossed, I think we all hope for the best here and not a um, you know, war in whatever form or another. Um, but the technological trends that I see is that this first, this app chain vision or app chain theory um, is becoming true or everybody will realize this is the future. So don't get me wrong. This does not mean Ethereum will go bust and nobody will use large smart contract platforms anymore. It will just mean that people realize, okay, there will be multiple computers in this world, multiple blockchains. Some, some will be you know, full-blown smart contract platforms. Some will be very, very niche and application-specific. And some will be, will be in the middle. It's re really, it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum and you have a slider. One is at, in the one extreme, it's app-specific, and the other extreme is a fully permissionless smart contract chain. There can be also everything in the middle from sector-specific chains or gaming-specific chains. Um, but nevertheless, people will realize that this is the future. And I think also towards the end of the year, maybe next year, we will see a winner emerging of the future of the internet of blockchain. So what's going to be the internet of the blockchain? And I think that's one of the, it's a trillion dollar question. Maybe it's kind of exciting. a trillion dollar question. It is. It's one of the largest questions I think there is in crypto right now. And yeah. whoever makes the right bet will make um, wealth beyond your wildest dreams, not financial advice. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what is, or even, is there going to be an internet of blockchains, right? Like, is that concept that we've been stuck to, of like was, having one internet going to transfer over to the crypto space? So, yeah. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Work in progress, Um, <laughs> For sure. Uh, so yeah, before we close off, um, like, does if anyone has any questions, feel free to jump up and ask or comment any questions. Uh, we covered a lot of great information today in a short amount of time. Um, Interchain arbitrage, uh, white whale, and our stories about how we got into crypto. So yeah, it was definitely a great call. Um, in the meantime, um, I'll let you guys from Whitewell end off the call with any final thoughts that you might have uh, for everyone that joined. Yeah, I think Ray has a question. Do you have a question, Ray? Okay, uh, I, I would just love to share my thoughts. Uh, first, yeah, we share the same sentiments on uh, the future is multi-chain, I believe so. I believe that uh, Ethereum can't run everything on its own, it will crack down. Okay, it will crash down because we've seen that before with the gas fee and all related stuff. And any network, if it gets too big, then we are likely to see the same things happen to to it. And then uh, much as much as adoption, okay. So this this is something I've been uh, looking at personally. I'm from Kenya. That's in Africa. Yeah, I'm from Kenya, and one one thing I've noticed. There's so many people in the crypto space, 
However, they're into trading and all those related things. They're not into the deep tech and all that. But one thing that I think will really push the adoption of uh, of uh, like uh, the entire crypto ecosystem, including actually onboarding these people on uh, projects. Let's say having devs work for some projects, something related, or uh, having people do like the kind of Web3 jobs, onboarding people on their Web3 jobs. I believe that's one thing that will really push the adoption of uh, the blockchain technology further. Yeah, th- th- those are my sentiments towards uh, the overall crypto space and uh, things related to IBC, which I'm a big fan of, especially Secret. Um, I love Secret. That's, that's my favorite project in the IBC. And then uh, the power nice. chains. We've had the good. founder of Secret on one of our Twitter spaces in the past, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, also a big fan of Secret too. Yeah, and then uh, closing, closing. I okay to close. I'd like to say, I, I actually actually write about projects. Not really write write, but I I do crypto poetry. So. Yeah, if it, if that's something that may interest you, then I could write about your projects, like a, a poem about it or something. Just compose something, and uh, yeah, I compose songs and poetry related nice. to projects. Yeah, you should DM me. Um, that'll be cool to get something written about one of our projects. Uh, okay, uh, what's your name so I can DM you? Kadeem, just the profile that's talking right now. Okay, sure, okay, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, crypto engineer or enthusiast, uh, do, do you have a question? Yeah, it's a bit of an abstract one. And I know it's a bit of a, a loaded question, but it was just this really. Um, I see like White Whale, you've been validating on uh, Chihuahua chain, Hawawa. Obviously, that's quite a low market cap coin. Um, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on how much liquidity Whitewell and Migaloo can bring to the chain. Obviously, um, with the Alliance modules working, I assume that people will start earning um, Hawawa coins through your, when, it, when it all goes live. But I just thought, what do you, feel, what do you think your uh, feelings are towards how these sort of chains, permission smart contracts and Alliance modules will bring more liquidity to low market cap coins? Hey, thanks for the question. Um, I, I'm always, you know, struggle with with these kind of predictions because there are too many unknowns and unknown unknowns. But I think um, the Cosmos ecosystem is you know, pushing the state of the art or the state of technology in a couple of ways. And I think um, our team is at the forefront of that in various aspects. And Eventually, I think this will um, show in market cap and success of the project. Uh, brilliant. Thank you. And there was just one other quick one. I, I, obviously, being part of the Hawala chain as well, I've, I've sort of had a play around on White Whale. Uh, and is, is there anything you can maybe tell us any more about Puppy at all? Is there any sort of additional plans for that? Or is that still under wraps at the minute? Um, it wasn't us who created it. It was Chai, the guy from the community DAO. 
So I need to ask him. Okay, okay. Oh, he seems very excited about it, so I'll, uh, I'll have a chat with him about it. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking my questions. Meme chains drive adoption. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Kadeem, so maybe for context, so yeah. Chihuahua chain is a meme blockchain in, in the Cosmos okay. ecosystem. So it, it's not like Shiba or ship who lives on ETH. It's more like Doge with its own blockchain. Okay, okay interesting. Well, meme chains are the best, aren't they? <laughs> I guess. Uh, it allows but experiments, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the business model is the most interesting part. Like, you know, it's the, it's the community first business approach, business growth approach, right? Like they build the community first and raise the capital. And then they figure out what they what what they're going to build versus building and then building the community afterwards. Um, so I think the business model is more interesting about, uh, about meme chain, and it is a good one. I mean, I mean, I think many of you guys know Eric Schmidt. He's the former mm -hmm. CEO of Google who made Google the monster that it is now, and he said, "Give me, I think, a hundred k." The audience of 100k and i find a way to monetize them and same thing with the meme chains i guess yeah i mean people call this a meme chain but just it's, it's it is different with all these ibc channels launching you know interchange security mesh security when it comes out you've got chains like uh, migaloo launching what we've we're trying to work with as well it although it's under the bracket umbrella of meme chain and we call ourselves a meme chain it's actually got <laughs> so much more potential um it's really worth a look guys I, I know i'm shilling it but it's uh it's something a bit different that you might not have thought about in the cosmos ecosystem before no it's uh it's really good to hear this because i guess it's really nice to see people building for a web3 audience like uh building a community first and then building for the community and i guess that will that really is the right path to take and it it's reaching a different audience too, yeah? Like like you have people on 4chan on the internet and it, it's just like uh, pulls in other people there that think, oh, that's funny, and then suddenly they understand the, the tech. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the original Bitcoin mm -hmm. holders where they were also, you know, believed in almost a conspiracy theory before they, I don't know, people were labeling them as crazy, you know, at the start. Yeah, that's a good point. So this actually ties perfectly into the next Twitter spaces we're having, which is in one hour, where we're going to be talking about resurrecting a Web3 brand. So we're going to be talking about community building in Web3. Uh, so I didn't actually plug that on purpose, but it just happened to be a perfect plug for that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we had a lot of great conversations. Um, White Will... Uh, I'll leave it to you guys to kind of give any final thoughts again. Um, and if anyone has any questions, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, well, yeah. Well, first of all, Kadim and the rest of the Crypto Illuminati crew, um, thank you very much for having us. It has been a, a pleasure talking to you. Um, very large audience. So that's always something I, I like. Um, I, I'd like to encourage everybody in this call who 
um, to check out different ecosystems because with these interoperability protocols, things will, you know, everybody will move closer together. And also to check out and what we're building with the Megaloot chain and the Whitewell protocol. So we just launched a week ago. I, I don't think we even have breached 1 million market cap. So um, yeah, check out what we're doing and have some fun. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining. Um, it was great learning a lot about White Whale. Uh, if anyone would like to see the call notes, uh, feel free to subscribe to our newsletter in our bio. And we'll also post the recording there too. Um, we have another Twitter spaces in one hour. Uh, White Whale, how can everyone learn more about you guys and keep up with all the updates coming up? So just follow the main Twitter account that's co-host here and go from there. Join the Telegram group, join the Discord. Um, we have you know, links to every resource. You know, may you be a developer, may you be just a user. We have YouTube tutorials for everything. So just follow the main account and that will lead to everything you need. Perfect. Thanks everyone, have a great day. Have a great day, Bye. thank you. Was a great space. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Interchain Arbitrage with White Whale, hosted by the Crypto Illuminati, recorded on Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now. we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two, help me see the three. Third, I open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den, envisioning in the middle men Listen to the fatal man, play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedalitha metal just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Then it
Tune in the middlemen, listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Channel Spaces